Just a few film nerds breaking out of a rut Drooling over cinema that's hard and uncut Stick us in your ear, thrill to this month's picks And come and listen in, we're Measuring Flicks Hello everyone, welcome to Measuring Flicks, a film appreciation podcast that plays favorites I'm Carl Hartley. And I'm Max Peterson. And welcome to the morning zoo. Boop, boop, boop. Um, dude. Traffic's it, looking like a slow and steady pace on the beltway. Uh, the energy in this room right now, like, haven't. When the second I hit record, I yeah. got red light fever a little bit. Yep. I'm like, oh, we're talking. I, well, normally I've, I'm looking at you through a screen. Yep. I've got my various fans. The, I've applied my, my creams. Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm in my own element. I'm but not now. pants usually. No, dude. You and I are down in the trenches together. We're in the pit about to wrestle this fucking pig of a movie mm. that we're going to talk about today like Mm-mm-mm-mm. there's a this is i was talking I, connor showed up at work the other day shout out to mr. awesome sweeney. patron mr connor sweeney papa um, sweeney dude big papa daddy sweeney, sweeney. <laughs> big daddy sweeney. i did not see but got to hear the twins oh. the other day we went over and dropped off an anniversary they're probably driving them. cars now I haven't seen Mr. Sweeney in so long. No, no. They're still young. Hannah's teaching them now about tax law. Okay, um, They're just <laughs> learning how to pay taxes. Okay. So, like, we're t- you've got so we're plenty of time. Good. You we're haven't good. missed that much. No. Um, they're <laughs> Dude, I'll tell you what, though. Theo plays a mean game of Russian roulette. I, fl- I flinched. I left. I just let him take my bet, and I'm like, I heard can- he puts two live rounds. He starts with two. Yeah. Madman gets it from his daddy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Michelle back on the show, Connor Absolutely. back on the show. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Katie Clark wants to get like all these special guests. I'm like, unless they are like in Florida or right. something. Like, yes, exactly. It's like getting these people in a, in a live environment for those episodes. We've been sort of banking for some of my favorite. Yeah, we've been waiting year. for a lot of the special guest people to come back, and we have got a lineup. Um, obviously, Carl and I are back. Yeah. back together ah. again. La 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 la. Um, but yeah, Bird and I got our boosters uh, last Thursday. If you haven't got them, go get them, man. They're like they're they're out. It's the new Omicron judged ones that are yeah. ready to keep you spit polished. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's actually they don't even do boosters anymore. The nurse just spits in your yeah, mouth. Yeah, she's like, open up, open up. We're gonna give you a little bit of exposure. It'll make you. Start- <laughs> no, she was hot. It was fine. Okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> um. All right. So. Yeah, dude, let's, uh, for those of you who are wondering and have been following the, like, side quest of measuring flicks for the last six months now, um, final, this will be the final update on that, that saga, that story. Yeah, man. So my mom is good. She is, has been pronounced cancer-free. That's um, awesome. her last, yep, her last scan was completely blank, completely negative. Uh, the last meeting with her doctor was super positive. Awesome. All she has to do now um is she's she's back down in mississippi with dad they're settling back into their routine her hair is starting to grow back That's fucking crazy yeah man. man they're getting they're getting their lives like up and running again after the the long half year pause yeah. all she has to do is get uh blood work done and a cat scan every i think three months it's either t- every two or three months they're just gonna monitor and she has to do that for two years but wow. basically her doctor was like look man you you responded you very it. well to this awesome. yeah so everything's cool um so yeah there are, there are better ways for me to borrow books from you 
<laughs> yeah, no. In the future, Carl, if you want to borrow, I'll just ask if I can yeah, borrow dude. your Ray Bradbury. Collection. Yeah, you don't have to do dark wizardry and kill goats and cats <laughs> right. and like make like, my mom man, sick I'd with really cats. Like to read that entire mm. series. Hmm. How can I possibly get? Oh Lord, Beelzebub, <laughs> send a non-life threatening but still pretty scary illness to a loved one. And then he now Carl literally has an entire bookshelf of my books. Yeah. So I hope you're happy. Carl. I am. And actually, it's uh, like when that is going. There's going to be a bookshelf. I love having a bookshelf there in the room. Yeah, yeah. I'm like shit. There's bookshelves in every room now. Mm. Welcome to the club. Great. Also, a little thing to keep in your head: if you get a, if you own one thousand books, you can legally be classified as a library. So you now you got a bar to shoot for. How does that work for for movies and board games as well? Because I feel like I could be. Oh, you've got the AV section. You're working AV on the AV section. section. Yeah. Well, I definitely have over a thousand books, but they're not all here. I hmm. I'm, my whole collection, not in count, not counting digital stuff, is like 845. So I'm like in the neighborhood, and I still haven't counted the books that I inherited from Grandma Linda. So I might yeah, actually. I might want to do a count now. I'm. You know what? So here's my next project, my next home project. Um, obviously we totally gutted my office and converted it yeah. into guest room for mom. Um, and now we are in the process of converting guest room back into office. And I was looking at it and I'm like, I threw away a desk. Yeah. I threw away like the cheap shitty bookcases minus the one that I gave you. Sorry about that. That's a little, that's a little ramshackle. It's all good. Are you doing like a, a wall? You're going to do a building. I'm right? going to build. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. build a bookcase. I've decided to build it up to about like, like sternum height and then do floating wall mounted bookshelves all the way to the rest of the roof i didn't want to put yeah. that much weight on the floor even though it is an exterior wall Fair. which is load bearing yeah so i'm just gonna do up to like maybe waist high or like sternum high and then go wall to wall with that and then i'm actually gonna custom cut it so it goes under the window as well That's baller, i think man. we're gonna see where the printer fits into this but yeah and then i'm gonna do floating shelves to the roof and we're gonna try and move most of the books of the house into the office I know I'm pretty I'm pretty stoked, but part of that is going to be me doing redoing the count because yeah. I've just been dying to be like FZ, where am I at? Come on, dude! Like FZK, FZK Studios, Life. Apiary, Occasional Bakery, an and actu- Library, an actual, an actual library. library. Come on, Occasional Give, Bakery, actual library. actual library. <laughs> Have the patrons swing by and be like, I'd I'd like to to check out the what's this one? The Adventurous Couples Guide to. Hmm. Interesting. Just had that out with Paddington. <laughs> <laughs> Put that right next to Mary Poppins, eh? I'm like, well, author. It's by author. <laughs> right, it's by, right. Alphabetical by author. Watch this one on the other side. Mein Kampf. Well, we're going to go. <laughs> we're going to go now. <laughs> get your shit. Get your shit. Get your shit. Get your shit. Honey, grab the thing. Well, <laughs> grab your stuff. We're going to have a put in the burger. Our card. Our card got you. stolen. Can't be a patron anymore. <laughs> Um, we are going to uh, dive back into yes. the flowing stream of cinematic discourse with yes. 2021's Pig. Roll that beautiful trailer footage. The actual trailer. Here the comes. actual trailer. Here comes the real trailer, the real trailer to the Nicolas Cage vehicle. It has not been scripted by you with goofy voices and not at fun all. editing on nope. the new computer that our this patrons This is part of this. Co- nope. This is This is part. <laughs> This company's rollout for this for film. This, film. this is an accurate depiction of what this movie is about. Revisit the childhood classic you know and love. It's Pig. 
Story of a brave little porcine pipsqueak who manages to duck the gutting knife with which every single one of his brave little littermates is murdered, deboned, and butchered down into greasy slabs of breakfast flesh by empty men reeking of cigarettes and sweat and cheap brandy right before his itty-bitty widow piggy eyes. God, children's movies are so fucked up. You know, this is especially fucked up. That he's a pig because pigs are actually the fifth most intelligent animal in the world. Way fucking smarter than dogs. They're highly social. They got complex interpersonal relationships, super long memories. Like, while you're doing that, might as why not cut up your golden doodle fucking side side eggs and toast, you know? I just said I wasn't doing enough research, so you know, I, I read about pigs a little bit. I mean, how smart do you think a two year old is? Two-year-old can't talk. Pig can't talk. I need a two-year-old. Why not? Fuck it. He locked the door. Jim? Hey, Jim? Yeah. Just a second, you folks. Lock the door, buddy. Yeah. Can, can you open the door? I'm doing trailer, man. So our hero, this puggy little porker, dawdles off adorably into a pastoral English countryside. Or, um, he might be Australia, actually. But anyway, James Cromwell is there. I need you to open the door, Jim. We talked I'm about this. I'm doing a this. fucking trailer, man! Get the kid. Oh, sorry about that. Um, yeah, Jimmy Cromwell's there, living as a sheep farmer in Australia or England or wherever the fuck. It's Queen's on the money. But it's just a cover. Because Jimmy's conducting cutting-edge experiments in artificial intelligence out in the barn at night. Or, uh, it's either artificial intelligence or spaceship, but he's got a drinking problem, definitely. Don't fucking do it! Don't do it! You fuck around, you're gonna find out! You let- Carl, you fuck around, you're gonna find out! Watch the movie together and try the trailer- I got a gun in here! I don't really, but I think I bought us some time. So Cromwell finds this little guy, our titular pig. Titular titties. <laughs> all, he finds this pig all emaciated and holy fuck, it shook from surviving the knife murder of his entire family. And he tries to nurse this pig back to health, because see... Cromwell used to be a dirty cop who got his jollies watching Russell Crowe beat guys to death. Like, guys tied to chairs in his old abandoned hotel. Just fucked up James Cromwell shit. But that's that's Hollywood for you, you know? And then this little pig, Jimmy sees a shot at redemption. But the bottle's just so goddamn heavy in his hand. And winter coming on, he just falls instead into a black depression. You don't have a gun. I'm coming in. Distraught. A harrowing series of recurring nightmares, and with the death screams of his favorite siblings, Patty and Link, echoing in his mind, our plucky little porker hoofs it out to the barn to end it all one morning, while Farmer Cromwell sleeps off the previous night's orgy of barn-brewed corn whiskey, but instead... Pig meets this cartoon spider played by Nicolas Cage, who can, like, read and write words in her web and sing and shit. So our little piggy learns to talk, and we find out that the pig has been Debbie Reynolds the whole fucking 
Jim, what the fuck? Get out of here! I'm not. Ah, yes. I feel like we watched a different movie than what. That tracks for me. I Fair. This is primary. That was basically my experience of this film. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that. Yeah, that trailer guy and his drinking I'll problem. I'll never look at Mars bars the same. <laughs> now I have to write a Mars bars <laughs> bit. Appreciate it. So we did two Nicolas Cage movies. Yeah. One was just N- Nick Cage on fire, on a plane. Beautiful fully, hair. Oh, unbelievable. The second one was Martin Scorsese's unsung fucking, fucking masterpiece. masterpiece. Absolutely bringing out the dead. I, this is not... At all. All jokes about the trailer that I cut together yeah. aside, this is not what I thought this movie was going to be. Not so even a little bit. So we're talking about 2021's Pig, directed by Michael Sarnoski, written by Vanessa Block and Michael Sarnoski, starring Nicolas Cage, Alex Wolf. For those of you paying attention, you'll know that name from hereditary. our hereditary fucking A. Nic- by the way, Nicolas Cage is Alex Wolf's favorite actor. And you can really see them Very. doing that work by the end. You can, like, to, it's amazing because they have such a contentious relationship to start. Yes. But by the end, I almost feel, having watched this movie a couple times, and by the way, if you haven't seen this movie, want, we're going to spoil some stuff that you yeah. do not want spoiled. This movie's I really am, fucking good. In the movie, like, there are two significant, holy shit, did not see that coming. Maybe more. Maybe more. Like, oh, yeah, my God. There are two very significant ones that are, like, yeah. For those of you that are not necessarily paying attention, we'll get. But then those, if you're looking closely, there's right. so many like, holy fuck. There's a lot of little like holy yeah. shit moments. But this is one of those movies where you're like, okay, I know what this movie is. Mm-hmm. And then at that second, the movie's like, instead it's this. And you're like, what in the fuck? And then once you get that dialed in, does it to you again. Yep. Pretty much all the way through. Very well-structured film. But not like, yeah. Yeah, sorry. No, so if you haven't seen it, go watch it. And if you haven't watched or seen it and you don't own it, don't rent this. Buy this movie. Buy this movie. We're going to talk about, an, uh, the to, in my mind, the most egregious Oscar snub ever. Top to bottom. Is this movie. I will Buy also, this fucking film. I will also say, and I think I've said this about one or two other movies where it deserves a second watch. Because there's such this, and they kind of shot themselves in the foot with the actual trailer, whoever put it together. Because sure. it seems... Like, you're going to get something a little more akin to, like, an A24. Like, this is going to get really fucking dark and twisted and fucky. Yes, yeah, Like, yeah. is he going to fuck his pig? Like, I don't I, know for I, sure. Okay, like, the actual trailer that's cut is, like, about as close to your true movie-going experience as, like, the trailer I cut is to this movie. Fair. But, you know, they're... What's that? Uh, like the trailer to drive. You yeah. watch the trailer to drive, and you're yeah, like, it's an action-packed heist movie. Dude, you're watching Fast and the Furious, starring yeah. Ryan Gosling, directed and by Nicholas Winding Refn, and then a paste character study. That's yeah, yeah, that yeah. Peels the layers back of your <laughs> right. like fucking skin and fingernails, and it doesn't. The real trailer does not do this movie yeah. justice. But I don't know if you but could even. So even if you went in this sight unseen and just sort of going based on our recommendation. Your brain isn't going to be keeping up with what you're seeing. You need a second watch because I watched it again last night with knowing my love for this movie going into it. And I was like, holy shit, this is totally different than what I expected going into it on the second fucking watch. There's a lot of layers to this. It reads totally differently on the second go. One of my favorite things. I've been thinking about this movie since I saw it for the first time. Because, again, I was kind of ex- I was ready for an A24 kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Or like a Nicolas Cage over the top. If you look at just the cover, the poster. It's it like, looks like Witch or something. Yeah. Or like- and, and it doesn't deliver on that 
And by the end of the movie, you're so glad that's not what they did because yep. what they did is so much better. And here's my here. I was I've been thinking about this. If you were gonna going to describe this movie like simply to just one person, this movie is John Wick, but a pig instead of a dog. Right. And he doesn't kill anybody. I actually, <laughs> and I actually stand by that. Like, okay, yeah, yeah he doesn't. It is still the what, journey is the same. What he does is still like a mission of vengeance in a sense. But it so subverts psychological assassinations more than it's also like if you're not brushed up on your Greek mythology. (laughs) Let's take ourselves a little Zach Morris time out here. Uh, Who in the audience show hands thinks that Max is uh, brushed up on his Greek mythology. Let's let's have a listen. And dude, I'm not saying like listener go do heavy homework if right. you if you are not into that kind of thing. But if you like Greek mythology and you haven't read up on some stuff, go check out the myths of like Demeter, Eurydice, Orpheus. Learn a little bit about mm-hmm. Hades. Or conversely, you could uh, not do that like Max did. <laughs> They're really lean into it. I mean, come on, dude. Like his Nicholas Cage's restaurant is called Hestia, and the restaurant that replaces it run by one of his underlings is literally called fired yeah yeah, is literally called Eurydice and those are clues that I think the filmmakers are giving you but let me finish this cast list real quick um also starring Cassandra Violet Julie Bray Elijah oh god my fucking it's either Ungvari or Ungrari I'm so sorry Elijah you were fucking great Beth Harper Darius Pierce David Nell as Finway and Adam Arkin as Darius. And now, interesting little bit of trivia that you can get on IMDb, because that's the level of research we do here at this podcast for you, is um, Adam Arkin, the guy who plays Darius, who's kind of like, let's just call him the main villain. Yeah, he's He's, the big boss. There is, yeah, he's the big boss, but just know when we simplify this movie, nothing about this movie is like cardboard or... (laughs) or, It's un-fucking believable. Um, But that guy, Adam Arkin, played essentially... A famous chef living in exile in the wilderness in Northern Exposure. Let's dig in. Dig in. Let's dive into this. Part one. Holy An sh- omelet with hot sauce and coffee. Hot bean water. <laughs> I, uh, part one is actually rustic mushroom tart, but Fair. hot bean water, hot sauce. Hot bean water omelet with hot sauce. It's a hot bean water Cheerios <laughs> with a sriracha glaze. Now that I said it, I'm sriracha like, reduction. I bet I, <laughs> like, I feel like sriracha is already pretty reduced. No, no, we gotta thicken it up <laughs> to a nice scab consistency. <laughs> oh, God. Nothing like a spicy scab. There's a sweetness there too, though. That's the beauty of sriracha. <laughs> Even as a scab, it's got that you get savory sweet and spicy. <laughs> and you pour the mushroom water in for mm. umami. Um, I'd like to point out this movie is. Almost, I think it's exactly one hour and 30 minutes. Yeah, it's 92 minutes, so I think it was the runtime on Voodoo. So when, when you, you, know, you see with the, the credit. thumbnail yeah, and yeah, shit yeah. like that. And so, the, yeah. that ca- it counts the credits, which, yeah. dude, the, even the credits are genius. Because well, the score is genius, too. And the, sound of, the like, soundscape after the song. I'm telling you, if you watch this movie, there's no cutscene. But in a way, there is. Watch all the way to the end. Watch to the end of the credits. The director is still manipulating you through the credits. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Um, so in a 90-minute film, 
90 minutes. The first 10 minutes is just quietly watching Nicolas Cage rustle up some truffles with his pig and make a rustic mushroom tart in a cast iron skillet from... On a fire. Yes. Now, he doesn't actually make it from the truffle. He makes it from Hen of the Woods. Yeah, it's... Gigantic hen of the woods. If you like cooking, if you like food, you're just gonna. This whole movie is. Yep. (laughs) This whole movie is like you just you're salivating. You're hard. You're confused, and often you're crying. Food porn. That is a hundred percent what this movie is. I absolutely love the breathing room that this movie is given. You mentioned Day Twenty Four earlier, and it's Mm -hmm. really. I almost feel like on the show we lean too hard on our listeners like familiarity with that production company yeah because we we know because we've fallen in love but right and it also kind of does put um it like all a24 films into the same box and usually when we say stuff like that what we mean is auteur unusual genius and slightly like and more artfully constructed right. than your A to B to C to D mm-hmm. Hollywood blockbuster film. Slightly adjacent to reality but sort of film. They're not all that. So it's really mm, right. not fair for us to just go like, this movie reminded me of an A24 film, when what we really mean is, this movie is a fucking brilliant masterpiece. Right. Yes, A24 just happens to be producing almost all of those these the days. The Miramax of the 2020s. Yeah, the 2010s. but honestly, though, I think A24 has, it's like, you know, like you see like Weinstein Company, you yeah. see Miramax, you see, I was going to say Lionsgate, but that's actually like a 50, more that's, that's more of a coin flip. But like when you see Miramax or Weinstein Company and that movie came from the like 90s or early 2000s, that movie's probably going to be really good. Yeah. When you see A24 at the head of anything, that movie is excellent. Whether or not you fully appreciate it, that right. company's not doing bullshit. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's why we revert to that so much, but like... But damn, man, like this really does have that vibe. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like a Jarmish movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you're watching that you're watching and the way that it's shot to really long takes cameras, not moving much interesting. And that th- this movie was him kind of trying to like, I'm, I'm still here, you know, like remind everyone, yeah. like, remember that? Remember I won an Oscar because I'm a fucking genius actor where he writes his name up on a wall and everyone knows who he is. Yeah, dude. If you walk up to anyone Holy and you're like, fuck. It's him. <laughs> you walk up and you're like, Nicholas Cage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That scene is amazing. But, like, that's Nicholas Cage in real life. Nicholas yeah. Cage walks into a room and everybody in that room turns and goes, from whatever they know him from, mm-hmm. they know him. You look at him and you go, that's Nicholas Cage. Yeah. This is him kind of like reclaiming that space in a, in a more serious role than we've seen him in in a while. He is the quietest you've seen him in two decades. He is absolutely flayed he's so open in this movie mm-hmm. he's he lays himself absolutely bare it's gorgeous it, the performance his performance in this film is gorgeous i kept waiting for the scene where we're gonna like clean him up yes and it never comes and i love that it never comes thank you me too man like this really because he's broken and bloody the whole fucking time yeah, he never even takes a. Sh- he never even washes his face. Crusty blood the whole fucking time until man. the end when yep. he gets b- back uh, home. Okay, here we go. Well, yeah. Ma- now we're starting in on it, so you're gonna have to kind of like listener. You got to make a call right now. If you haven't seen it, you're either gonna have this movie like 
the twists and turns will be ruined for you. It's still enough of a, it's still a masterpiece worth watching, even if you know the twists and turns. Right. But I'm telling you, you're gonna get way more out of it if you don't know what's coming. So we're gonna give you three seconds to like pause this sucker, go buy every copy of this you yep. can find, and watch it. Three, two, one. At the end of the movie, when he gets where his starting point is, is utter filth and degradation. Yeah. Then it turns into, like, dude, when he peels his fucking head up off the cabin floor in one of the most gorgeous floor-level shots, beautifully lit natural mm-hmm. light from behind, and you see all that sticky-ass blood hanging off his face, he never even wash, wipes that off. Not from the, yeah, it's not even, like, a taking a nope. corner of your hand. It's and- just on his face the whole movie, and, like, it gradually, like, wears off as he, like, eats food and walks around, but he's all, his beard is always, like, half-matted with blood on that yeah. side. That's what people are like, you got a little something... You got a little something right there. I love they keep the, calling back to. I it. love like, the bit where like they're just he's chatting with the guy in in uh, Eurydice. He means Hestia. And he's like five minutes into the conversation, the guy goes, "I'm sorry, do you need medical attention?" Yep. <laughs> just like he's so swept up with the, that this guy is standing sitting in front of him, that he's like, "I'm gonna pick his brain," and then maybe later we'll find out if he like has a brain injury. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, man. And by the way hour and a half this movie was originally two and a half hours long interesting the distributors didn't think that it could bear that length so they cut a fucking hour out of this wow i'm glad they did because mm-hmm. what we ended up with is 2021's pig it's a very tight this movie is pretty perfect i can't imagine more you Going know what i mean through it yesterday i was trying to like all right is this like let's put let's put my measuring flex glasses on and see sure. if i can uh, you know pull anything apart here and like I have a really hard time like finding anything that is not that I think that yeah that doesn't fit that doesn't belong that is not perfect that isn't I think that like a perfectly prepared dish yeah. this is de- like every ingredient you have in here every beat every second of these long shots they if you gave me like another 20 seconds of Nicolas Cage sitting quietly not doing anything, you just oversalted yep. me. You know what I mean? It's like, uh, just I, a little too heavy-handed on the peppers. I want right. to know what's gone because I'm sure it would be I'm sure it would be interesting. That I was going to say, yep. But there's no way adding more to this movie makes it better because this movie is basically perfect. Sometimes you got to trim the fat, you know. It's That's like, yes. Yeah, yeah. I I think th- whatever editing happened. Interesting that it's a studio good. note actually was correct for I once. know, like dude, we we came back in on this episode and like we're our first one back in person and like all the rules have changed. Like the studio made what some judicious happened? cuts and now they they've bought themselves well, a masterpiece. So that goes into like the whole they used to make movies like Yeah. Some studios were really good at working with directors and writers and like like, like sort of talking because they, they're so close to it when you work on the project, sometimes having that voice of reason, like, look, I don't think you need this additional five minutes in this scene. It's wearing a little thin. You've already made your point. Like a dramaturge, we should, you know? Yes. Yeah. And sometimes you need that. Yeah. Like, okay. As you, you and I are both creative people. I think we can both agree that oftentimes what creative people need, truly need. Now, in the beginning, you need a bunch of people saying like, yes, go for it, go for it, go for it. But at the mid stage, you do need someone to come in and be like, (laughs) we're like, we're kind of singing the praises of the cutting of this movie. The editor on this movie, same editor of Mandy and Color Out of Space. No shit. Yeah. Same editor. Not the same cinematographer. No. But the editing... You you can kind of see kinda it. Tell. You can kind of like even Mandy, which 
it's, is still maybe my favorite film. Dude, it's fucking. I know. I got to rewatch some so stuff because some new movies have been added to the mix. Yeah. The Batman, like, prime among them. I got to rewatch them, but, dude, Mandy might be, like, my favorite movie. And a huge chunk of that is the editing. from Mandy. Yes! Oh, dude, I can't wait for I cannot wait I for our next episode just so we can be like, and look, there's that one scene that's us, and then the next scene is, like, all the <laughs> yeah. Nicolas Cage movies we love. <laughs> yep. But yeah, this is this is really 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 well cut. Um, so I have, uh, Carl, I have some notes that I took took, and that's a lot of them. Man, you like you did it on a mimeograph and like. <laughs> no, I just like this font. It's easier to read. Um, so when I first watched this movie, which admittedly was at the beginning of this month, um, we're now at the was end. It? September. Yeah. I watched this like so September like thirteenth or fourteenth. Um, we had just recently finished watching all of the extended cuts of the Lord of the Rings. So, of course, I had that in my head when I first hit this. And there's two things that I think that this movie has in common with that story. Not necessarily those films, but right. Tolkien's story. One, very tightly interwoven with mythology. Yeah. And one of the reasons that I like that in both movies, you wouldn't, when you first watch Pig, the mythology. Oh, here we go. The, like, the mythological nods are not immediately apparent. But one of the things that I like about that for Pig is it's like that secret ingredient that goes into a souffle or a tart, and you're trying to figure out what that fucking what flavor is. This? Yes. I know what this is. You're like, Gosh. Come on, is it fennel? I need one is more it, bite. Ah, what is, is that? Is it leek? Did they do something with leeks? You know the flavor. It's a little unusual, but you love it, yeah. and you can't figure out why. Same thing with Lord of the Rings. Like, come on. <laughs> um, more arrows and swords and orcs and trolls and shit. Yes. Yeah. And But, but the other thing, the other connection that I see the hopes fears and insecurities of any given society um, told to that society through the archetypal images that they will recognize this is what modern comics are exactly modern superheroes are our mythology Star yes. Wars is our mythology yep. um, but there's a certain implied universality to mythology that really lends itself to potent storytelling because it allows that story to be more accessible to a broader audience mm -hmm. because when you're playing with archetypes when you're playing with broad themes like that you can plug in your own personal metaphors and problems and foibles it's like it's like hiding the medication in the dog treat yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's just it's just peanut butter you like peanut butter num 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 num, num. what was that little crunchy in there was that a oh, peanut don't worry about it, yeah. yeah no don't you worry about the crunchy but like but sort of yeah like whatever little pill you need to take like as a viewer or right. a, whatever pill you require whatever medicine you need or whatever is to, to bring it back, just to speak more broadly, whatever sure. is speaking to you can be what this movie's about. You know what I mean? Yes. I think one of the great successes of the way that, that Pig is structured is that it presents us with this unusual protagonist and set of circumstances, mm -hmm. which is kind of what you, you can tell the same basic story a million ways. There's a guy, he lost this thing that he loves and he sets back out to get it. But this movie gives us a truffle hunter who's, which... When have you ever seen a movie about a truffle hunter? Ever. Never. They pop up for like a millisecond in No Reservations, and that's it. Where they're like, this mushroom's like a like $6,000, and everyone goes, oh. that's it. This whole movie is about this guy, the people who do this. And we actually even get a cool like 
Mandy-esque scene where we go to like the camp of the truffle hunters. That's it's They're so fucking wild, intense man. too, yep. dude. Motherfucker! Anybody touches me? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Cut his hands off or whatever yep. she says and you're like, these people are well, very so, serious. She's like sort of nonchalant until he says truffle pig. Yeah. And she's like, motherfucker. Fuckers. Well, what kind of pig? What kind of pig? It was a truffle pig. Motherfucker, dude. Like, yeah. you don't fuck with a dude's truffle nope. pig. And she she gets it on yep. a level beyond just beyond commerce, yes. too. Yes. Like, this is these are these people. Um, so he goes, he withdraws from society to this remote cabin for whatever reason. And we will find out what that reason is. Surrounded by natural beauty, away from the world with this truffle pig that he loves. And they, of course, make the joke, like... You know what? Are you just fucking your pig out on the mountain, and the way that he refutes, there's this. No, he just says, no, "I'm not fucking my pig. I don't fuck my pig." Yeah, but like, but he does say repeatedly, like, "I love her." Yeah, <sighs> best friend. Mm-hmm. Like, so what he has found to and, care about. Yeah, and it's it becomes a film about not only like wrapping yourself up with this. Now, this is an interesting question posed by this movie because mm-hmm. ultimately what he's trying to do is get his pig and go back out to his seclusion, yeah, right? Exactly. So this is about a uh, this is a movie about a man who has this one obsession that he has decided to focus on to the exclusion of all else. Everything he, else. He, he has only the bare minimum necessary interactions with the broader world. They're brief. He keeps them painless. And he's... If not happy, because he don't think he's a happy person. He's very much not happy. He no. Well, it's interesting. He's refusing to to allow himself to be happy. He's shielded himself from that feeling. Right. Because he doesn't want to. Uh, again, this is just me bringing to my feelings to the table. The beauty of, of the movie. Film. Yeah. 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 Is like he doesn't want to. If I'm happy again, that opens me up for the pain again if that happy goes away, which we see right. in the in the film. Vulnerability is a prerequisite to true happiness. To true happiness, But absolutely. that opens you up to the opposite. He puts the batteries in the thing, listens for a hot second, and puts it away because that would bring him joy too, to hear that voice again. But can't possibly. It's. I don't read it as bringing, uh, that it will bring him joy. I. He's not equipped to... A, uh, what that tape represents to me is the ultimate evidence of what he has lost. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it's a it's a record of the happiest thing in his life which is now gone forever, yeah. absent. So by listening to that, he can experience a very bittersweet and painful semblance of that lost joy in a mm. way in a way so we're going to talk we're going to talk about um how this movie is sort of uh, like s- strongly built on the myth of orpheus and eurydice and listener i should have read the myth i should have brushed up on my greek myth all i have is what i remember from college so if i make a bunch of mistakes drop us a line at measuring podcast <laughs> at gmail.com and help me get my myth right but basically I believe the basic story is something like this. Orpheus is this, he's yeah. a hes a poet and the, like a lyre player and he plays lyre and people love his songs and that's awesome and Eurydice is like really beautiful. He's an artist whose art speaks so profoundly to people that when they experience it, they never forget it for the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. That is the parallel between Orpheus and this guy. We never really meet the Eurydice except we hear her voice on that tape. This is the, the lost one. Person. The last one, yeah. So the basic myth is this: those two get married, Orpheus and Eurydice. Uh, get married. Eurydice is 
chased around by depending on which story you read she either gets chased by a beekeeper who's trying to rape her and then gets bitten by a serpent and dies or she gets like she's out in the woods on her wedding night um unchastely dancing with like naiads maybe well i certainly don't know what the fuck a naiad is it was nymphs uh, that eurydice was dancing with Mm -hmm. some kind of like wood sprite and in dancing gets bitten by a serpent and dies point is Eurydice dies Orpheus is pretty fucked up about it Eurydice dies Orpheus is pretty fucked up about it um no one in this outfit gets to complain about my lack of research ever again in fact I'm gonna go smoke some fucking weed yeah so Hades, so she obviously gets pulled down to the Greek underworld, Hades. In the par- in this movie, he sort of like withdraws from the world and by withdrawing his gift. Right. You know, no every- one else can experience the most beautiful Exa- yeah, exactly. They don't get the food. They don't that get the they've benefit. Ever had in their life. Yes, dude. That makes him realize what living means. Like people fucking seriously. There are several people who he encounters throughout this oh film who like distinctly remember the one time they ate his cooking. Mm-hmm. They're like, that was the high point of my life. Was eating the, the food fact that, that he remembers every, every dish meal. that he's ever prepared for everyone that he's ever served. And he served. remembers everyone he's ever served. Yes. He knows them all. He has a phenomenal memory, which after that head trauma at the beginning, like, yeah. we're lucky that he didn't, like, I think they had Mickey D's. I don't... What are they? There's a Paps Blue Ribbon and a grilled cheese. It was a chicken. Why to say it like that? Grilled cheese. It was Isn't chicken it a nugget cheese? and some scabby sriracha. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think it was. Um, but in, so in the myth, Orpheus goes down to Hades. The parallel that IMDb makes between Adam Arkin and Hades is really interesting because Hades is keeping uh, uh, Darius, Alex Wolf's dad. Someone you don't want to cross. Ever. He's like mega mucho premium ingredient importer is what this guy is. Uh, Wolf is trying to make his own uh, like mark in this industry. So, it's his son, right? Yes. So, yeah. And he's kind of a dick Darius is like my son doesn't he's not cut out for this he doesn't have the spine for this and you know this guy's trying Alex Wolf is trying to make his own way in the world and we find out in like the third act of the film that when he was young because probably because his dad's kind of a piece of shit yes his mom tried to commit suicide but failed and is and now fucked in fucked herself up yeah she's in like a coma state and he wants his dad to pull the plug and let his mom die because yeah. he can't stand to see her this way but hades is keeping his wife in this stage of or in this state of undeath where she is both dead and, and living mm-hmm. the i want to say the demeter myth i wrote this down somewhere but i have so many fucking notes i can't i'll no, never it's all good, it. man but um i'm pretty sure the demeter myth is it isn't Let's get a clean read up top from Dictionary of Classical Mythology by J.E. Zimmerman, 425 on thriftbooks.com right now, highly recommended. In this passage, Zimmerman refers to the god Hades as Pluto, which is sometimes done to help differentiate Hades the person from Hades the place. Persephone. The Greek word Persephone means maiden, the daughter of Zeus and Demeter. Hmm, Max was just talking about Demeter as though she were the important part of this myth. Uh, Persephone, wife of Pluto, queen of Hades. Pluto abducted her while she was gathering flowers on the plain of Enna in Sicily. Demeter sought her everywhere and threatened destruction for all mankind by withdrawing fertility from the earth if she could not find her. 
Zeus promised to restore Persephone to her mother, provided Persephone had eaten nothing in Hades. But she had eaten some pomegranate seeds, and was compelled to spend six months each year with Pluto, but allowed six months with her mother. Now we all know the myth. Let's see how Max does. Hades kidnaps his wife and his Demeter, and Demeter's mom, who is, I forget, maybe Apollonia? I don't know. I'm so sorry, Greek myth nerds. Um, I used to be one of you, and then wine. But <laughs> yes, it happens. <laughs> but man. she's so fucking bummed that she doesn't let spring happen and it's permanent winter. So Zeus decrees that for a portion of the year, Demeter gets to come back to the land of the living, and so that's when we get spring right. and summer. And then for the other half of the year, she lives down in Hades with him, and Which that's is why we get fall and winter. Exactly. So she's like, she becomes like a goddess of the seasons, but she is both alive and dead because she's allowed to be living at certain points and is dead at certain points. And so is both at the same time. It's Schrodinger's mom. Schrodinger's mom. (laughs) Which is funny because she's not really a cat person. No, (laughs) at all, because they sit on your chest and like it fucks with her breathing machine they've got her on. So I think that's actually a really interesting parallel is you really do have like this Hades character. And what we do at the end of the day is our hero, Orpheus, honestly, I lied. We do have the Eurydice character. It's just by proxy, his truffle pig, because she gets swept away to the underworld, right? And he has to go after her down into the depths of this underworld. And it's a quest of, uh, the quest doesn't matter because she's gone. Well, when we get there, there's that great line at the end of the movie. Guys, this is the biggest spoiler in the whole fucking thing. We gave thing. him warning. We, we did, we warning. did. All right, so we find out at the very end of the movie, you fuckers, I hope you watch this. <laughs> like, don't you don't even want to say it, man. I'm, not Honestly, not even that important because you can kind of... You don't it doesn't see it. matter, really, if it the pig was matter. dead or alive. I mean, it, that wasn't the po- it does, but it's like that's not the point. It's of not the, the journey. point of the journey. Yeah, it's this is not like at the end of John Wick, the dog is there waiting alive. We know the dog is dead and we right. still enjoy John Wick. When the pig is dead, guys. It's dead. It and as, the cake is alive. It but. died like shortly after it was kidnapped. Well, yeah, because the the first two people that they talked to were too rough on the pig when they were trying to yeah get it to wherever it was supposed to. Darius, go. they yeah. get it to Darius, but they can't nurse it back to health because the, they were too rough on it. So they mm. there's a great line after we find that out. It's Alex Wolf and Nicolas Cage leaning against the car, mm-hmm. and he goes. If I'd never gone looking for her, she'd still be alive in my head. Yep. And he goes, and Alex Wolf turns and looks at him and goes, but she but wouldn't. But she wouldn't. And it's like, it just, it just it's tear, rough, man. It just tears your heart out, but yep. also like in a way. And that's when he says, like, why are you so, why were you so like crazy about this? Because I loved her. Yeah. Like, yeah. And he goes, I'm sorry, man. Maybe we can get you another pig. And he, and Nicholas Cage reveals, he goes. I don't need the pig to find truffles. Yeah. You know, I can find the truffles. And he's like, what the fuck did we do all this for then? And he goes, because I loved her. Mm-hmm. And that it- was the twist that fucked me up the most. Not even a twist. It's like the fact that 
You could say, though, when he's going to find this pig, yeah, he likes the pig a lot, but if he doesn't have the truffle pig, he can't find truffles, and then what is he going to do? Right, it's his he livelihood. He doesn't but fucking it's not, need the pig at all. It's not about that. He was the one finding the truffles. He found the truffles? Yeah, he knows where to look, and yep. the pig just, like, I mean... Hangs out with him, and, like, oh, there's one. Yeah, buddy. Yeah, like, the, the pig just helps him hone in, but this guy's going to find the fucking truffle. I mean, we yeah. see at the beginning of the movie, he takes a knife full of dirt. And yeah, he puts t- it in his mouth and tastes the... He can taste the soil, and he's like, this is good truffle soil. This He's going to be fine. Yeah. He just wants his pig back because he loves his pig. And it's, it's all he's got left be, in the world. It's, yeah, it's not going to be the same without his best friend hanging out. Like, so in the original... <laughs> dirt. In the ori- <laughs> Man, I don't got my pig to eat dirt with me. <laughs> Man, I wish I had a dirt-eating pig. But the, so the Greek myth Shoo. parallels are actually kind of continue. When he makes his journey to the city where he used to be, first thing he does... Is he, he goes to the underworld. He goes to the underworld, and he deals with the trial. Like, uh, if you think about it, like, these are all servers. I don't think any chef would well, ever that argue that it's when, not a many-headed he dog. his name up, Robin, uh, whatever his name is. I'm uh, like... Uh, I can't remember what it is, but yeah, Robin. I was like, yeah, I know a couple chefs' names I'd like to see go I know, dude, that, that was my favorite. Like, when we watched it, I started getting texts from you. You're like, I'd pay a full night, like, my whole yeah. week's cash tips to fucking get one full minute of beating the shit out of someone. <laughs> Somebody's so. like, yeah, motherfucker. <laughs> like, you got... And you could tell by the look in that dude's face, he was a busboy or a dish guy. Or, yeah. I think he knew was him once. why he was like, oh, fuck, all right. <laughs> and you were one of the many that I dude, fired. The way they fired. set that up, and again, this is John Wick. This yeah. is a like hidden society yeah. that has its own currency, that has its own high figures. It's got its own laws and rules. If there is a restaurant underground like this, I'm not aware of it, and I've been in the industry for a long time. But I, know, I wouldn't I've been be surprised for the invite. I wouldn't be surprised if it exists. Dude, though. We, at the one restaurant we you and I worked at together, yeah. we used to joke because remember there was that you pull up the floor oh, and there was that yeah. little underground there was area. Like, you gotta like. Go down where a all ladder. the Christmas and yes, shit was. where we stashed right. the Christmas shit. And Nick, while we were working there, Nick always used to say, "Is like it would probably be like great for morale if we just started a fight club." Yep. <laughs> I'm like you're probably right, honestly, man. But so he descends into the world and like goes through this trial with the many-headed dog that is the service industry to get to the next thing and the next yep. thing and the next thing. But in the original myth, he plays this beautiful song, and it's so gorgeous that even him. in hell, yeah, Hades comes and checks this out. Fuck. In this, what happens here? This is fucking what happens here. Is he shows up at Darius's house with he Alex Wolf at the end? The exact dish. He does his thing. It's the first time we've seen Robin cook a real meal for other people mm-hmm. in a in a proper kitchen. In a proper kitchen with proper ingredients with an appropriate wine pairing, and it, it is the an appropriate wine pairing. Jesus Christ! No shit, right? So he makes this meal and. And Darius is sitting there all like, fine, I'll eat your fucking dinner, but then you leave my house and I never see you again. And he takes a bite and he's like, this is really good food. And then he takes a sip of that wine and he's like, oh my God, this is the last good meal that I had with my wife before she, this was the happiest moment. This was the happiest night of my life. You just brought back all the sense memories of the best moment of my life. And he breaks down crying and it's, yeah. Sees himself out. It's beautiful. And that's when Nicolas Cage says, I remember every meal I ever, I've ever served everyone. And he walks into the office with Darius, and then we get our moment. And it's not our, he's about to leave the underworld. He's going to go, he's going to get his pig, and he's going to go back to his cabin, and he's going to continue his life. He's going to, he is reaching, he's taking Eurydice, and she's going to follow him back. But mm-hmm. Eurydice is a shade in his mind. 
he has to face the reality and he find and that shade is snatched away from him as he finds out that his pig is dead it's literally the Orpheus and Eurydice fucking myth, man. It's like a like perfect reached... moment for the happy laundry song. I know. I was like, <laughs> and his pig is dead. <laughs> <laughs> and listener, I'm going to go switch that, but you're not ever going to know because the splice is going to be so seamless. Yeah, so uh, we were talking what about was it was um, Alan Adam Alan Arklin. We we're talking about Adam Sandler. Grand Moff Arkin. <laughs> <laughs> it's a trap. So oh. so yeah. Now there's bread baking. So there's all kinds there's of stuff. Bread baking, over here. laundry, we got laundry going, going. Episode, guys. It's good. It's good to be back. We're really multitasking yeah, our absolutely. time today. Like, I've got one day off in the next twenty. How much shit can I cram in one day? <laughs> Uh, truly though, like, yeah. and then honestly, well, there'll be another moment where we're like, and that's when click and I turn it off and then I go take my dog to the vet. Yep. And, and then, then two days later, like, where were we? Well, uh, and the audio slightly different. Yeah. <laughs> different room, different yep. acoustics entirely. Be like, yeah, honestly, pig's been a fucking phenomenal experience. To and now there are dogs at the, at the head of the movie to get, to get into the actual narrative of pig rather than mm-hmm. the broad strokes. Although I'm glad we kind of set the so stage. We covered it so that we have some sort of framework with which the movie is in like works. And as, yeah. And as we talk about the individual scenes, maybe some of those themes will be more visible now that we kind of laid them out up top. Um, so basically when this starts, Nicholas Cage is this the the truffle hunter living with his pig out in mm-hmm. the woods. Alex Wolf is his connection to society. He pays Nicholas oh, very briefly once every couple of weeks, probably. I think he... it's like I yeah it's I think it's once a week because he's yeah. like I'll see oh, it, I'll see, see you next on, week yeah, yeah see, see you on Thursday. Friday or whatever yeah. it is. Um, so Alex Wolf is trying to get into the premium ingredient import business that his dad is in, like the king of. In Oregon. Me, oh, my God. Yeah, this this takes place in Portland, Oregon. Originally, the film was going to be shot first in France, then in Spain, before finally settling on Portland. I love that it's in the Pacific Northwest. Me too. It's, dude, it's honestly perfect. And it makes the foodie bits, like, even Because it better. is such a... There's a pretent... <laughs> pretentiousness... Do like, that whole West Coast foodie wine scene? Well, what is the restaurant about? Like, that whole thing yeah what well, we're gonna do is take local ingredients and have a spin like that all works Eurydice works because, because of because of that yeah yeah like you could pull off this level of pretension in French but if you but then it's sort of like but that's part of the whole French it's a different flavor thing and you don't that one of my favorite you don't question it because it's the French thing it's like of course it's gonna be that way it's French cuisine and that's where we get fine dining from and the best wine in the world, one, arguably. One of my favorite lines in the whole movie doesn't work unless you're on the west coast of the United States. The bit about the tsunami. Yep. Which is just maybe the best single monologue I've seen Nicolas Cage ever do. Right. Like, man, it's it's this pig is not. It's it flew way under the radar. Like, if you it didn't really hit like. Did it hit any kind of it like festival in, scenes? In like, definitely, but it won. Yeah. It the awards that it won was mostly for limited release because it like got a. It did not get a big. If a hundred, if a hundred theaters like the hit New York, San Francisco, probably the LA, big, yeah, yeah. I didn't look Chicago at, like that's it. I didn't look at its like wide release, but here's what here's the the salient facts are like. You look at the critical reviews for this movie, and it 
everybody loves it. Yeah. Everybody loves all the critics love this movie. It has a crazy good Rotten Tomatoes score. And then the other side of that coin is not one single in any category Oscar nomination, which when you watch this movie does not make sense. No. It's there are actually if you just look up 20 uh, if you look up Pig 2021 Oscar snub there are numerous like industry papers. Imagine, dude. Yeah. There are like industry sources, like the Hollywood, the Hollywood rags are. Yeah. All of the big critics write about like, yeah. So, uh, go fuck yourself, Academy. Yeah, seriously. Like, you're not even to be taken seriously because you snubbed this movie for this whatever. Because what is one of the things that we say all the time is they used to make movies. Yeah. It's kind of like an ongoing joke, but it's not really a joke. Sure, yeah. But this, then you have something like Pig show up, and like, no, they're clearly still making fucking movies. But I don't take anything away from other movies that are no, good. No, of course. But the fact that this wasn't even like considered or part of the conversation. Right. Yeah, no, absolutely. Like, and the the reason that this movie gets snubbed, according to, I read a bunch of articles because after I watched this movie, I was You're like, kind of a little angry. <laughs> yeah, dude. I, well, I looked it up. I'm like, all right. So, what Oscars did this so, yeah, win? Yeah, that was my. Uh, that was how I went into this. Was I'm like, all right, which? What did we win? Clearly, it wasn't best actor, but it had to be something. Because I, don't I dude, I thing. thought maybe like for like you could give Nicolas Cage best actor for this. Yeah, you fucking could. Best director, but like this script should definitely, definitely be on that. This movie could have swept original score by the end of the movie yeah man sound design yeah the credits you can't look away from the credits because of the sound design Mm -hmm. like come on so i'm like all right what did we win and then i'm like wait not even nominated for anything and then you go read and basically everyone agrees that this movie getting snubbed is just the establishment an establishment attack on Nicolas cage because he was it or did it suffer or did it suffer from the same thing that that we sort of suffered through like not knowing what the movie like no one saw it to then be able to form that opinion of holy shit this movie deserves something because they thought People maybe it, it was going did they okay. well i mean that's i thought maybe they did so they saw the trailer they're like ah well it looks like another no because it was nick cage film i'm not gonna spend 90 minutes but like look at the remember like you have the one of the things that led me into the what did this win is the universal Applause from the critics. So they are watching it. Yeah. Well, like the like the Hollywood film critics and like the ground level fans, the the viewers Mm. who are like streaming at home and seeing it in theaters. Look, I don't I don't live in Hollywood, but most of the stuff that I read was essentially like you just don't see Nicolas Cage movies get nominated for anything, which is wild because he used to be like. On the stage, every yeah. other Oscars for something. For something, yeah. And uh, there's like, I think I think that the critiques that I read are correct, which is, and honestly, the next movie we're going to talk about addresses it. It does very I'm an, <laughs> I'm on an, the nose. I'm yeah. an actor. Slap. You're a movie star. Yeah. That distinction. The Academy loves actors, actors not movie stars. Exactly. But it loves that when they are sort of the same. They love their movie stars. They love their as actors. Long, like, yeah, as long as they're but like the people who are winning Best Actor. Like best actor for shit are not like you know yeah. Bruce Willis and the, they they're, aren't the movie stars. They're not the they're loved. Sly yeah, Stallones but, and but the, let's be real, Carl. This is about art. But then you watch a movie like Pig and you're like, this is not about art at all. This not is about politics. Yeah, well, yeah, this that has a, been that way since the beginning. Yes, of the dude. Fucking this Academy. is like who who I don't gave, want this to turn into a shit on the Academy. I know, Academy of course, episode, of course. But like, but like honestly, honestly, and I, I I won't because yeah, a lot of Academy Award winning films 
won them for a reason. Deserve saving them. Private Absolutely. Ryan. When you watch Pig and then you find out that it was completely shut out of the Oscars, that you're not. Uh, I was mad. I was mm-hmm. furious. Bird was with me and we were at her Aunt Jill's doing laundry and I was just like pacing around yeah. reading shit on my phone and I'm like, I can't fucking believe this. And she's yeah. like, what? And she hasn't seen Pig, so she doesn't. Doesn't understand, yeah. Yeah, this is like fucking criminal that this movie has (laughs) been swept swept aside. But you know what? There's a small fucking part of me, maybe not even a small part of me, is like kind of happy that it didn't. Yeah. Because fuck the Academy. And it's like we don't need that group of Hollywood elites to tell us how good this fucking movie is. It stands on its own. We don't need a fucking golden statue to know that this is one of the best movies that not only came out in 2021, but in the last fucking decade. That we, at the beginning of the movie, we get this 10 minutes of this 90-minute film that establishes his routine. Here comes Alex Wolf. Reminded me of, like, There Will Be Blood. It is very, yes, it's very Paul Thomas Anderson, not Paul, yeah, Paul, Mm -hmm. it's very Paul Thomas Anderson in that there's no dialogue, and it's, the pacing is super slow, but what he's showing you is gorgeous and compelling, and you haven't seen it before, it's really well done, and then uh, we find out that uh, Alex Wolf's character, whose name is Amir, Mm -hmm. um, he'll bring, he brings money, and then he also brings, like, Batteries, a little bit of food, flour, a couple of foodstuffs. Yeah, some rope, like things that he needs. He actually says at one point, he's like, uh, maybe, "Hey, man, maybe next week when I come up, I could bring you like that camp shower, like we were talking about." Cause yeah, and you fucking stink, buddy. You stink. Yeah, it's like maybe if you change your clothes. <laughs> well, it's it's so like the beginning. I didn't. I wasn't a hundred percent sure what era we were in at first because his cabin is so. I mean, we there we have some hints here and there. If you look close, it is like. They wouldn't have like that brand of flour yeah, or whatever, yeah. but but if you're not looking close, I'm like I wasn't really 100 percent sure when we were until Alex rolls until up. until he rolls up, and then it's a little jarring actually. Yeah, seeing that bright he, yellow like, Corvette, fuck, sharp dressed man. Like we haven't been with Nick and Pig for very long, but it's enough to to have that feels like like you're intruding on this quiet quaint which was a good was a good um parallel early on when you mentioned that because like for the first 10 minutes this could be like a like turn of the century mountain Mm -hmm. man kind of movie and that's by design that's like what he's what he's going for it's what he's chosen so after the after alex wolf brings him after amir brings him his money and his payment and takes the truffle back to town to sell it that night we get the attack Mm -hmm. and then we get the scene of him digging out the truck and yep. you realize, like... Oh, fuck. He's an actual person with a truck and things and, like, had that, a life somewhere. It's the Smeagol thing, yeah. dude. It's like he had a, he owned a truck. Oh, shit. He yeah. ha- he's got possessions. He once drove around. He used to drive places. Yeah. So he pulls off the, the tarp, gets it started, and you're like, even, even dude, as, a, as an owner of That's some shitty vehicles, I'm like, this will, nope. Mm-mm. You're going to get maybe a good five miles down the road. At and you're, maximum. You're done. Yeah, dude, he starts it up. I'm like, there's no oil nope. in this vehicle. No, everything no. is seized up in there. Like, <laughs> and then it. 15 <laughs> years of fucking. <laughs> Literally. Those tires don't have any fucking air no, in them. man. The gas in there is dead. There's several moments in this film where Nicolas Cage does not look like Nicolas Cage. Most of this movie, he doesn't. There, you can see him. You can see him, but there's there's moments in here where he physically does. N- it looks like a different actor, and it's face shots. It's not like oh, it's a stunt double. No, no, dude. It's, it's there's a sag and weariness to his face. Yes, and he 
he looks like 25 years older than he really truly is in mm-hmm. real life and it's not just makeup like it's it's the something that he's doing with his features Absolutely. the weight of his features makes him look he looks weary weary dude it's and he's so he starts dri- driving away and his truck dies and then he walks to town mm-hmm. like who fucking knows how many miles to town? 14, 20? Given the opening shot and establishing where we are, yeah, it's probably yeah. a good 20-mile walk. Yeah, and, he's wa- and he gets to the, the diner. Yeah, yeah. he gets. Fuck. So he just walks. Mabel here. He, and I think he gets to the diner like late in the day. It's, like he's been walking. the afternoon, for sure. Right down the center of the highway all day long. Gets to this. Walks in. Is Mabel here? Oh, uh, by the he way. <laughs> Thank you, thank you for noticing, dude. I was, I wanted to make a point of it, like when he, uh, no, not Mabel, Marge. Marge, sorry. Is is Marge here? He starts to talk and has to like because he hasn't used his voice. Yeah, then he just walked twenty miles too. Marge died ten years ago. Jesus Christ! Years. You're expecting it to be like last summer, right? Yeah. Marge died ten ten years ago, ago. and you're like, how fucking long has this guy been on the mountain? You know his. Undergarments look pretty good now, considering he's had them on for a decade. decade. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. he may have changed them once or twice, but I don't come on, Amir, he's got to smell like compared to what he could smell like. <laughs> he's got, he's doing pretty good. It I'm convey. assuming he didn't bring any money. I, he no. doesn't have a driver's license. Why would he have a wallet? I'm. Assu- I don't think because dude isn't bringing him money. He's bringing him eggs and flour and cream. I like, know, and he's getting such a good deal on these fucking six thousand dollar truffles. Yeah, and he's getting. Like not good flour, bleached white fucking flour, yeah. and like some some D batteries, yeah. D cell batteries, you know, like wh- not even like Duracells, baby. He got like the fucking <laughs> checkout lane yeah. version Rayovac or and, whatever, and, like, Energex, Energex, juicy fruit. Juicy, that's <laughs> a bubble gum. Yeah, yeah uh, you haven't been in you society been for s- ten years. My tapes smell amazing, but they don't play a mirror. What are the other tapes? Are do you think it's like an the best of ACDC, uh, they might be Giants Flood, and then tape of his wife. Like, yeah. what are the other? What are the other tapes? I'm there? pretty sure. Wanna, I'm pretty know. sure that we've got Bob Seger and the Silver Bullet Band oh, is in that box yep. somewhere. Somewhere, definitely. Or they mixed. Tapes. They're in the Seattle area, so <gasps> I'm assuming they could Nirvana. Mm-hmm. Probably right. They were listening to that on the line. That's when Rush. he moved. He mo- exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, who knows what he was playing like in Hestia, but in the back for sure it was in like. In the back, you know those Mouse, line guys. Mouse, <laughs> Mouse, Mouse, you get, the cooks need that. If yep. you try and make the cooks listen to opera, they're going to be cutting each other and killing each exactly. other. Exactly. You need to give them something with Throwing a driving six beat. six pans at each other. You don't want it. You don't want Yeah, there's, there's hot oil in people's faces. There's going to be fisticuffs, but if you just give them some like. I'm not like them. I can pretend. They're all back there like, yeah, yeah life's man, I don't even up. want to smoke break. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say that's one third of being a chef is like the lines like, I haven't got a smoke break in fucking two hours. And you're like, I got you guys. I got Jeremy Spoken. They're like, fuck a smoke break. I'll yep. just take some pills. It'll be fine. <laughs> he, he calls Alex Wolf. Alex Wolf shows up and he's like, oh, this isn't my fucking job. Okay, here's the cool. One of my favorite things about this movie is how little you like Alex Wolf in the beginning and how much you love For both me, characters. For me, this by the movie end. Is, is two movies, right? It's Robin's journey and it's 
um, what's his name again in the flick? Amir. Amir's journey. Yeah, it's the right. two of them, and then their story just kind of comes together in the towards the end, like in the third act, where they're. It's such a fucking cool. Because I hate him, I did not there, like this kid, and then you get endeared. It's really well handled mm-hmm. character development. We were yes. joking earlier, not joking, but we were well, talking. Well, because there's earlier a about reason why he's the way that he is, and it's because of his, because of his fucking father. It's all earned too. And he doesn't know who he wants to be. He's listening to the station that's telling him why he needs to be listening to classic music and not actually enjoying classical music. Like. The reason, tell me who I'm supposed to be. The reason that the classical composers... And yeah. you, you know what? Like, to, One of the things that I think I like most about Amir is the discomfort that I feel knowing that I share a lot of qualities with him mm-hmm. that are sort of like looked at askance in this movie, rightly so. I am the kind of guy who is like, okay, like, all right, man, I don't... I like some classical music, but I know I should like it more if I'm to be taken seriously as a cultured individual. Let me listen to this podcast that I truly don't give a single fuck about that's going to explain to me why why Mozart's a genius. Now, okay, to some extent, like... Yeah, like I actually really like like Johann Sebastian Bach. But outside of Bach and Sergei Rachmaninoff and Holst and Johannes Brahms and Igor Stravinsky, Wagner, obviously, Beethoven, oh man, Edvard Grieg, uh Ennio Morricone. I kinda yeah. don't give much of a fuck. I think I'm Mozart, but that's because I'm a Deus I watched when I was a young kid. Peter Schaefer's play fucking, is outstanding. Yeah. 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 Like but but there is that person who's like well, I need I need to fully understand opera so that I can be so that I can so I can be so I can talk yes. about it to other people and they'll know how smart I am. It's and how sophisticated you are. Yes. And how cultured you are. Oh, I need to be watching. Jesus, scared the fucking shit out of me. Sorry, that's the brand. More like I'm gonna go French cinema. I'm gonna go yank it. Yes, dude. Because I know that I should be now more fucking influenced by like. <laughs> You break my heart like slightly, but only because like I genuinely, but this is that weird thing. Like, look, if you are genuinely into French cinema, that's awesome. awesome. Well, we watched one of the greatest detective movies I've ever seen. Le Samurai. Le Samurai. It's fucking outrageously good. Like, yeah, Melville's a genius, like for sure. And there's, and Blue's the Warmest Color. We like French cinema, but like. Well, that's because there's a lot of bush. That movie is complicated. Yeah, it is. (laughs) complicated to watch the co- the the graphic novels are complicated. so it's not and it's it doesn't just stop uh, Amir's like this this trait of Amir's does not stop at classical music because no, it's, it's also everything. I mean what's one of his the first car, his First thing that Robin says to him when he's like, I'm not going to help you. I'm not taking you to the fucking city. I'm not going to help you. This is not my job. You find the mushrooms. I give you toilet paper. Yep. Do you understand? And he looks over at him and he goes, do you like that suit? Do you like, like this, this car? car? Yep. That watch? He calls him out on straight up all of his bullshit. And when we get to, I mean, when we get to his apartment later on, you look at his apartment it's and it's not bullshit. like. It's how we all are. Though, but that's that's an important part of this is because there's a I mean okay another movie that I recently not recently but last year talked about with Cassandra and part of what we dug into was this when you first see that brilliant scene in Fight Club where Ed Norton's walking through his apartment and they just populate it digitally from like an IKEA catalog yep and he's literally the saying perfect couch the perfect thing the per- yeah the thing you know like y- your things come to define who you are like when we get to Alex's house I thought it was a hotel yep. What does that say about very sterile? There's no the artwork is very like just generic and and not 
unoffensive and uninteresting. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, like the sofa is placed just so the kitchen is placed just so. And the irony is, is this probably is like a really high scale hotel room. And that's, that's where where they shot. Well, no, I mean, that's where they they shot. shot. Yeah. But like the way that it's dressed, it's like, you're looking at a spread in a home magazine. And the thing about a home magazine from the goddamn catalog. Yeah, dude, they keep they keep things kind of neutral without personality, so that you, you the, can, yeah. can present your own personality. But he just kind of like copy and paste that. Yeah, it's so soulless. It's like going to going to a um, like a Gap or a structure. That I'm showing my age. I don't even know if those stores exist anymore. But like pointing to the mannequin and be like, I want that outfit. I haven't purchased any clothing in like. Eight years. No, I everything I wear is like what I wore in high school because I haven't changed. All the socks the same size. <laughs> all the the elastic and all my underpants are like just totally like blown out. <laughs> I just knocked can, somehow. Can, I just knocked the headphones the off your head. The humor blew the headphones <laughs> off me. It's confession corner with Max and yeah, Carl. No shit. No, I, all my our listeners, <laughs> our listeners know that I have really old underpants now. That's great. They fall down when I pick my pants. Not as old down. as Robin's fucking. No, no, no. You've got, I mean, onesies. Marge may have been dead 10 years ago, but your underwear have at least a year left, right? Right? I mean, they're probably in the 8 to 10 year range. Jesus Christ. Dude, Bird's been, my new favorite thing is when Bird has been throwing my underwear away (laughs) after, like, after laundry day, she'll be like, like, the crotch on your box, on this pair of boxers is cobwebs. And I was like, hmm. Maybe those, they probably have they one, probably but they're clean. One, we just got washed one them. one wear left in them. I'll toss them next time. And she goes, no, no and throws talking. them away. <laughs> we just had the same thing happen in our laundry go with some of my <laughs> skivs. Oh, my God. Um, all right. So, basically, we get the scene where they go see the truffle lady. The truffle lady realizes that a truffle pig's been stolen, and she's, she's like, like, I'm on the ship. Mother fucker. Yep. I just she like, understands. Yeah, yeah. And so, she, they go and track. She knows who they are. Yep. So I know exactly who would take like, that fucking pig. And also, she's like, what color was the truck? There were two of them. Let's go. Yep. And they drive out there. That we, the, we have the scene where they go into the trailer, and Robin's They're like- pouring them the fucking like, lemonade or whatever. And I'm, I'm like, don't drink that. Don't, don't drink, drink that. that don't drink that. And then Robin's like, crazy, evil Jesus freaks. And then he takes that bow. No, wait. Different movie. That's a different movie. <laughs> That's a different movie. Feels about the same. What kind of car do you drive? And the guy goes- Black. I don't know. A city guy. That's all they fucking have. Now, I actually believe that at this point in the film, having watched... I've seen it only twice. I'll watch it again, definitely, and probably soon. I think this is the moment that Amir gets the first inkling that this might have been his dad. I don't think he's that certain yet. I think it is that first whiff of like, oh, shit. A city guy bought a truffle pig. Who is the biggest fucking importer of? Yeah, and it's not like rare. He's not certain for sure, but I like you can almost see like a little bit of yeah. that in his face. It's almost like a hmm. he kind of like looks over yep. when they say city guy. Um, so they get in the car and he's like, "Well, good try." And Nicholas Cage is like, "Take me to the city," and he I'm goes, "Taking me to the fucking city. Don't make me do this." Yep. Uh, he's like, <laughs> and the other thing is, I mean. The other thing we see is that bit where he's remember we, we get later on we see Amir in his own bathroom hyping himself up in his mirror. You're, the uh, you're gonna man, buy you're these. a predator. Yeah. They come to you. You have what they need. They come to you. You're a, you're a jungle cat. Jungle cat. 
if it was any other actor other than Alex Wolf, who I truly believe is lo- going to be one of the most brilliant actors of his so his he's career been in a handful of just incredible films, and so. he's incredible in them. His yes. career is going to be meteoric, dude. Keep, it's going to be outstanding. Keep an eye on that one. If it had been any other actor, it would just be like Will Ferrell doing a bit. Yep. But Alex, Get my dick with my dick. Yeah, literally, it's him yeah. in like in the mirror, and you can just see Will Ferrell being like, "You're a jungle cat." A tackle cat, you know, like yep. doing his silly shit. But when Alex Wolf does it, it is simultaneously silly, it's which it's supposed to be. Yeah, but also like kind of fucked up. It's it's gnarly. Um, I love the way that their entrance to the city is shot, where Nicolas Cage is just completely overwhelmed. They're layering and overlapping. He, he basically That's so much would have changed in fifteen years. I I so I'm from a small town. Yeah. And when I was in the military, I was gone for about a year and a half, two years before I came back for, for like a vacation. And like so much just in this little small a town year, yeah. had changed in like a year, year and a half where like I was kind of like put off. I was like, shit, that's different. There's a new gas station. That used to be this. Like, where the fuck am I even? Yeah. It took me like two days to like, no, this is still my hometown. It's fine. Can imagine a big city like Portland. 15 years 15 years and in this particular time for like the, the west coast like everything changed he in the left last in 10 like to 15 2005 years. and now it's 2021 jesus christ you man, know that's like a completely different city this movie by the way like the reason that COVID is not in this movie is this movie wrapped like right before right on the razor's edge of like it, well, they, it's they interesting because stuff shot in 2020 2021 is it's like the pandemic never happened. Right. Some of it's weird. Like it's weird because they don't show it. There's never anyone in a movie wearing masks even or new like ones. Cons- unless the movie is like about about it. the pandemic. Exactly. And then like who wa- we just pretend like it didn't. Let's happen. be real. Who wants to watch a movie about the pandemic? I don't. Neither I don't. do I. I want to. I don't want to watch the next Marvel movie and having, you know, this scene where we're in a cafe somewhere and it's empty and people are wearing masks. I don't need to see that. Shit. Now see, okay, Marvel movie aside. Right. What I don't want is the movies that are about how hard it is to be in quarantine. I know. I already know that. I did that. I don't want a movie that's about the COVID pandemic. But I do. One thing I don't like now is movies pretending like it's not happening. Give me. Okay. Tell your story. Sure. Tell your fucking story. Like, okay, rock musicians going on tour and blah, blah, blah. But please acknowledge that the fucking world is entirely different. How many are we going to do a decade where we pretend like a million Americans didn't yeah, die? Exactly. Are we going to do like what are we going to is it going to be like 2035 and no one's wearing masks and anything because we're afraid that's going to make us sad. That's our fucking world. Yeah, I know. I don't want the thing where it's like there was like a couple of movies early on that were like, well, what if we made a movie about, about the pandemic so that we can do all the safety stuff but also tell a story but the story's all about the virus and I'm like no how about no. you tell me like the same shit you've always been telling me a story of revenge a love story a detective mystery honestly I think Bosch handled it really well mm. the last season of Bosch they hear on the radio that like here this new illness is coming and right. oh shit it's the last episode of Bosch or that last season ended a little bit early and they like put the pin in it with like the news of COVID hitting is right. on the radio. And, they and use that as an out. He even says yeah. it to Maddie's like just more terrible news, like more terrible shit coming from the world. It was, a, I honestly thought Bosch was an almost perfect series. There's like one that season show. that's too fucking heavy to watch too much. It's the season with the pill farm. Oh God. We accidentally goes undercover. Yeah, man. 
gets on. Because, oh, shit, I got on the wrong. Oh, I'm in it now. You're, you are yeah. undercover <laughs> at a dope farm. Like, this shit is going to be not heavy. prepared for this. Very, yeah, but no, Bosch is great. But, like, that was that was well handled. Yeah. No, so give me give me the detective, but like, hey, sorry, sir. And he can even be, I don't even give a fuck. Even if this guy's like, come on, I got my vaccinations. I'm sorry, we require a mask. Give me that moment because yeah. you know what? We're all living that. Yep. Why aren't these people living that? I'm okay with that. I'm yeah. okay with this. I also am glad that the Batman didn't do that too because they shot that end that of that was, during yeah, COVID. That's right. After Pattinson had gotten it. That's fucking wild. That's fucking wild, man. It's, dude, it... <sighs> we gotta... I was like, memories. Remember when Tom Hanks got... I know, it's like, like the most tragic memory right, lane ever. Yeah. Like, remember when we thought Tom Hanks might die and <laughs> yeah. we all were in no, despair? For me, that was the worst part of the whole pandemic. fucking bad. And when The Rock got it, you're like, so anyone can get so, it. Right, yeah. Even he got it where none the of us dude, are sick. The dude works out 15 times a day is in the best shape of anyone He does lung on curls. The, planet. the guy yeah. does lung curls and he got it, you know? Like, like, if he can't fight it off, we're fucked. He can do a push-up by breathing out. Yeah, he go, He just lays down. <laughs> we we got to go and track down Edgar, who is a known quantity. Amir has heard this guy's name, but doesn't know what he looks like. So they go to, he goes, I need to borrow $10 yep. or whatever to buy, like, some chili cheese fries because that's the offering that you give to Edgar. You know what I mean? Yeah. This is more of that John Wick shit. We don't know why he buys. See, underground. Him. It's a coin. It's the whole thing. This it's... is the way in. Like it's this is he, his olive branch is like street food chili cheese fries for Edgar. Yes. But no, he uh, so he goes and finds Edgar in essentially like a food truck court slash tent city situation. It's pretty rad. It's weird, Actually, it's dude. Weird. Because this guy's like. One, way rich. Two, way powerful in the restaurant industry, clearly. Amir knows his name, and he's like, that was Edgar? Was that fucking Edgar? Oh, my God. And we see this guy, and he's dressed. It's like fucking Neverwhere, dude, by mm-hmm. Neil Gaiman. It's like yep. he's in, like, this ratty coat, and he's got, like, the fingerless gloves on, and he's, like, doing, like, medieval barren Looks taxes. Looks like she should have an East End accent. I'll get you there. Don't worry about it, no, mate. I didn't understand a word you said, but that is in fact yeah. the vibe. Yeah. When you see this guy, you're like, he's about to tell me something crazy I'll about give you pigeons. Four for five, actually. But four for five, what we don't know. Oh, no. Actually, we're about to find out, and it's shots to the head. Yeah, no <laughs> um, shit. Okay, so you expect at this point in the movie, you're expecting a certain film. Yes. He's gonna go to the city and he's gonna start poking around for find the person find who the maybe per- would have. Do you had- have it? Um, do you have the pig? Do you have the pig? And he's gonna go from restaurant to restaurant and. You know, he's we we know that he's a known quantity mm-hmm. because Edgar goes. Nobody even knows your name anymore. Right. You know, like your name used to mean something, and this is the first inkling that we get that Nicolas Cage has not always been Crazy Truffle Hunter. He's exactly. been somebody else. It's the first time the movie kind of fucks with your expectations. Yeah, man. Well, like when Amir is in that tent with Edgar, and Nicolas Cage just walks out, and Amir's there. And Edgar looks up and he goes, how well do you actually know him? Do you even know his real name? Mm-hmm. And Amir's like, wait, why should I? It's Robin it's, is definitely yes, his first Robin name. Yes, Robin something. But like, he was. Chef Robin. <laughs> Chef Rob, yeah, Chef Robin. Dude, that moment at the end when he gets the bread and he says, goodbye, Chef. It's like straightens up and <sighs> I cried. Yep. This is a yep. restaurant industry movie. Smells the baguette. Mm-hmm. Oh, can, can I have another one? It takes yeah. another one. She goes, bye, chef. Bye, and when chef. she calls him chef and, like, squares up her shoulders, like, yeah. if, you've, if you've spent any meaningful time in, in a the restaurant? restaurant industry, this movie is going to hit you 
totally different. Yeah, it kicks than you, casual kicks viewer. you right in the right in the right in the guts. There's stuff in right here in that is just for you. Yep, sure is. And that I really appreciate because you don't get a whole. And lot not of that. just the 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 it's fantasy not, of punching your chef in the face. Which come on, man! Like I know, like when you see that, you're like, all right. All right. And you know what? I bet you it's more plausible to servers than it is to like that. Come on. This would never exist. Meanwhile, every server in the world's like, mm-hmm. I'd probably drop 500 to do that. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so but here, we've kind of talked about it, but here's what we find out. Edgar literally runs underground, like not fight club, but like underground catharsis club yes. for the service industry. Yep. And what we line cooks, servers, hosts, fucking bus boys. And I'm not all fine dining. I'm not a hundred percent pot because the first guy we see get beat up also has this like rugged, big beard, mm-hmm. homeless person thing going on. Um, and he so he runs fights for restaurant workers in this like abandoned subterranean hotel that's under what is factually in the real world the oldest restaurant in portland and i guess robin's name still does mean something that is a fat fucking wad of tip out right there yep um you walk into this place and you put your name on the wall and servers busboys door people line cooks restaurant people they bid they bid to who is gonna get to kick your ass for one minute 60 seconds they put it on the clock they hit start the timer and then that person just you put your hands behind your back yeah they're you're not fighting back this isn't fight club this is not fight two people swinging it's like no you're taking punches for 60 seconds this is the right metaphor for the restaurant industry because you know broadly speaking i obviously love my job i've been doing it i've been doing service industry for my whole life because it's great money you get a ton of free time if you play your cards right and schedule your and structure your schedule properly there are a lot of benefits to it but you put your hands behind your back and the public swings at you all day long all day long there's no swinging back nope kicked in the nuts for nine hours man that's true and you end up with and you know what you walk away with at the end three hundred dollars a bunch of money (laughs) yeah dude this fight club, this air quotes fight club, is the service industry in a violent visual metaphor. Yeah. If you stand there and it's can pretty, ta- it's pretty obvious to. I mean, it's like I see what you're doing. I'm there. getting chills though. Yeah, dude, me too. Like that's it's so perfect. It's so perfect. And when you watch it, it's so upsetting that it almost like gives you some perspective on what you've been doing. You know, yeah. it's like here's your job. You stand still, and you, and it even with the name, it's like, hi, my name is Robin. I'll be your punching bag today. Start the timer. Bang, bang, bang. And at the end of it, you get to scoop your money up. You scoop and up your, your money and out. walk away, baby. That's what we see in this movie is one of the most brilliant critiques of service industry yeah. that I've ever seen. I fucking love it, man. Um, I said it's not so much a fight club as a place for servers to do what they'd love to do all shift. Rain down hell, throw hands, and do violence. Yep. <laughs> Um, and what we're going to do at this point is put a pin in it because I got to go take my dog to get some blood drawn. You got it, baby. And we'll wrap this up at another time one year from now. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> kidding. We'll be talking to you soon, listener. And you won't know a thing because it's all going to be all splice me All splice me All splice me All splice me